hands? That's like a baby's toy. I'm totally Batman. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Shh. Communing with the Earth Spirits. Welcome to California, bud. Kawabunga. The world of magic. And after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secondary Heroes Podcast. This week, we're talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. This is your Trevor. Joining me as usual is... Hey guys, it's Prague. And it's just us this week. No Alex, yes. unfortunately. Alex is on a string of having other stuff come up, and that's okay. We can just talk about the movie. He'll be back soon. Yeah. Enough. Life happens. We love you, Alex. You'll be back. In the meantime, we have the latest Marvel movie hitting theaters. And in case anyone is wondering, is there oversaturation with Marvel? Just keep in mind that since the pandemic started, the top three highest grossing movies are Spider-Man, No Way Home, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and now Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So there's definitely oversaturation of Marvel. But people love watching it. But it keeps printing money, so <laughs> might as well keep doing it. Disney knows what's up. Yep. Oversaturated, but uh, apparently um, you're not sick of it yet, I guess, as a yeah. society. People love seeing it. So formula works um yeah so this is the end of the current phase that we're in phase four so this kind of ties up everything this film um yeah that's exactly yeah. what it does it ties up everything now now we know where we're going with phase five and everything <laughs> well well uh. we'll get into that when we talk about the film here but uh if you are new here to us at the secondary heroes what we do is we um we'll go ahead and give our spoiler free take at the top of the show here so that if you haven't seen the film you just want our opinion of it you can hear that and then go see the film and come back because after that we will spoil it so fair warning later on we will spoil it but first we will give you our thoughts on yeah. the uh the film because this isn't just like putting on something on a streaming service. This is, I'm going to go out of my day. I'm going to get tickets. Tickets aren't cheap. And I'm going to go sit there in the movie theater for two hours with a bunch of annoying people. It's an investment. Like, I'm going to do this <laughs> rather than just sitting at home on the couch. Because there's nothing as easy as just, yeah, I'll try this. Sure. <laughs> yeah, nowadays it's, it's a lot of that. It's like, well, or I could try it later or whatever, you know, the case yeah. may be. Or I can put it on the background. Whereas if you're in a theater, like you're there, like you're stuck. You don't get to like turn away and do something else and go on your computer or something. So you're fully invested. You are surrounded by people. And this is two hours and 40 minutes of yeah. movie to do that it, with. So it takes a, a big film. part of your day. Yeah, it <laughs> takes a part of your day out. Um, uh, but I think before we kind of get into anything, I do want to clarify, I see a lot of people, and this is not just with this film, it's with a lot of films lately, probably within the last five years or so, where people say, movies are just too long nowadays. Um, and I don't think that's quite the right approach. Um, I think some films are long, and some films can be too long. Just because a film is long doesn't mean it's too long. Um, you can have a film be an hour, you can have a film be two and a half hours, you can have a film be five and a half hours. Um, but at some point, too long just means that you have maybe too much filler or too much stuff that isn't helping the narrative, it's not very exciting, it's kind of pointless, whatever. Um, so I think going into this, there was a lot of that like, well, I liked it or didn't like it, but you know, it's too long. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there that not everything, that not every movie that is long meaning whatever that means to you. I think to, to most people, it's probably more than 90 minutes. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing. So, I mean, most of my favorite films are very long movies. Some are three to five hours. So, I mean, you can get into a whole societal discussion on attention span, and if the mm -hmm. devices we hold with us have changed our like attention span. TikToks, <laughs> for example. But that's, yes. that's not our discussion. Today is just Black no. Panther Wakanda Forever. And so, spoiler-free... I'll go first because okay. I've been thinking about it since, like, as soon as the movie ended, I just sat there in the theater and let it wash over. And like, what am I feeling? And I think that this movie, it feels a lot. Like, there's some really 
like just impactful scenes in this film and i think it might be problematic that the biggest thing that happens is in the open because it's something that happened out of their controls it's not anything mm-hmm. to depend on the movie chadwick boseman passing impacts everything and they cover that at the start and it's extremely heartfelt because they kind of correlate it to real life scenarios and that that got me right at the start i think the opening logo of the moment of silence with just clips of chadwick boseman as black panther that got me emotional and mm-hmm. i feel like that's the strongest emotional impact of the film and it happens at the start so just based on that like there's nothing you can make a great film but there's a letdown that follows that and i feel like the film is a really interesting dichotomy where there's absolutely amazing sequences but there's absolutely terrible sequences too it it just there's some stuff and i think that gets into the too long idea that you could cut this movie down there's scenes that were not required to tell this story and it's disappointing because it's a good story I mean, it's well worth seeing. I'm having it on the level of the first Black Panther is an amazing film, and this one had really tough things to live up to, and it might be impossible to live up to those heights because you lose your main character, and you have to deal with that storyline. And they did a good job. I just don't think it was great. I think there was too many parts where I lost interest or like kind of rolled my eyes, and I think it's because, again, you kind of have that letdown after what they display in the first few minutes of the film. Yeah. Okay. Well said. Um, uh, for me, I think that I went into this film with almost no expectations because I, even for someone who has written scripts, I couldn't figure out how they were going to do this. Like I didn't know how they're going to write Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa out. That was the first thing. And then how do you include this, you know, antagonist with Namor into the whole picture? and do that and then also how do you decide this new black panther um which is going to be decisive amongst the audience and then wrap up phase four or whatever they're going to do and i there was so much that i think when i went into this i just didn't know what to expect and i'm like you know what i i want to see a good movie i know that ryan coogler is a great director um i i really liked black panther like you said it was a, it was a great movie but i also was kind of like nervous because t'challa was like really like the beating heart of the avengers like he was so I don't know if he was he was very poignant in all of his scenes. He was very well well acted. Um, he was a presence. You know, you felt him, and we also felt his loss. And you feel his loss in this film. Like you said, the opening um, is probably the strongest part of the movie. Um, I do think there are a few other beats throughout the film mm-hmm. uh, that are almost equally as strong. Um, they're well done, but they are kind of spread out throughout this film that um, I felt like. I don't know if they should have either taken it in two parts and done maybe, you know, Chadwick's passing, taking the passing of the Black Panther as one movie or one something. Maybe it was a TV show or something and separate that from the whole Namor introduction storyline, New Black Panther. Instead, they combined it into one movie. And because of that, it did, to me, feel too long. Um and to your point, there's, there are scenes, because Ryan Coogler is a great director, that are just really well done. Like, it's so well filmed. Um, some, some of the better scenes in any MCU film, but then there's also a whole bunch of these random scenes that are just not good at all. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know where that comes from, but the same thing happened with um, the first Black Panther film. You know, you had some of those battle scenes outside that looked just like, you know, uh, the first prequel film from Star Wars that had that same kind of weird you know, green screening effect that doesn't work for me. Um, and then little issues here and there, but there's a lot, they, they threw a lot into this movie, but I will say by the end of, of the film and after that um, mid credit scene that everyone's talking about. So, you know, don't, don't spoil yourself if you haven't seen the film yet. Um, I actually really enjoyed Like, I, I don't think I ever got to a point in, in the movie where I was like, Oh God, I hope this ends soon. Um, I don't like this. I never felt that like, even during some of the scenes I didn't care for, I was like, I was still enjoying myself through the entire two hours and 41 minutes. Um, not once did I feel like I had to go up to the bathroom or anything. And I don't think anyone in the theater did like everyone sat through the whole thing. Um, and it, and I do think at least the, the showing that I went to the audience absolutely enjoyed it. Like from beginning to end, like the, the moments that you should have been quiet were dead quiet. Like not even the kids were making a noise. Um, and then the moments that deserved applause or laughter, 
Um, and there's plenty of jokes that went over my head uh, for cultural reasons that uh, everyone else was eating up and that was great to see. And it was a fun, it was fun to go back to the theaters for that kind of experience. Um, Cause I don't go to the theaters as often as I used to. I used to go every weekend, you know, multiple, you know, movies all the time. And since the pandemic, I just haven't been. So it was, I think part of it too, was going back and seeing a movie on IMAX. And a lot of these scenes were shot in IMAX and it was, re- those scenes just were amazing. So overall, I said this was a very good film. Um, maybe not the best Marvel film, but definitely one of the better ones and definitely worth checking out. Um, I think they did a great, um, I think they honored Chadwick Boseman really well uh, in this, I think. So just a little bit too long. Yeah, to your point about how they could have possibly, like they had too much going on. Like it felt like you could have almost two movies. Like there was a distinct point in this where you could split the film into two. Oh yeah, you can almost feel it. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird that it just kept going and they're just, yeah. You you have no idea with all the decision making that goes behind this and just what actual original plan was. Because also you have to consider this movie was written and then had to be rewritten. Right, had to be rewritten. I'm sure they had a full plot, and they're like they had to add an additional plot on top of it. Yeah. So, and they couldn't rush it either, right? They had to move on to other projects. So, I'm sure Kevin Feige was like, "Well, figure out a way to marry the two together, and we'll make it a big film, and people will see it anyways." And we did. So, yeah, you know, one of the biggest, I think, the biggest uh, opening ever for November for a film. So. Yep. So, if you are new, again, that's our spoiler-free. And now we're going to spoil the film. So if you haven't seen it yet, or you don't care about spoilers, you can choose. This is your fork in the pathway to choose what you want to do next. If you're going to continue on, be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Secondary Heroes on all forms of different platforms. You can listen to us on all the different podcast networks. And Alex usually does this. He does a good job at it. I'm sure you heard it by now. If not, at Secondary Heroes will lead you to all the right places. So now, spoiler time. This is uh, this is always tough of where to, like your jumping off point. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, it's you always kind of have to compare the first one to the second one when you have a sequel. It just that's inevitable. And I feel like the first film, the biggest drawback I think is the climactic final act scene where they're fighting in the caves. It just, it doesn't look very good. It doesn't have that quality. It loses kind of the rest of the film and the meaning of the film. And I feel like the final climactic fight in Black Panther Wakanda Forever has the same kind of problems. (laughs) (laughs) Which is disappointing. You you wonder if they got to the end of the film and I don't know if budget ran out or the effects teams had to leave for other projects by the end of the filming could be the case. But you felt it, you know, you, when you when you compare and contrast the early parts of this film where the CGI is fantastic and the green screening is great and the, the shots are, you know, really well done. You look at the last part and everything just kind of feels washed out and rushed. Yeah, you kind of get that feeling that they're kind of tired or maybe, yeah, broke apart. That is what it is. Um, yeah. It's a big film. So. It, it just, it's just, yeah. it's the jarring nature of it. Yeah. Either way, you know, if it's not up to par the whole film it it kind of washes over you it's when you're watching a film it feels like the film could end at this point and then there's this marked difference through the end of it and this is supposed to be you know when you build a climax and the climax is let down it just that's the last impression you get of the film right yeah i agree i felt like it was a bit i feel like the the middle i guess was probably where kind of climax and then it kind of yeah dissipated yeah to say there's a, there's a big moment that happens kind of half a little more than halfway through uh oh we can spoil it now just kidding but yeah the big yeah. the big death death scene of, of the queen you know it's kind of like that was a big moment and then yeah then, then he, the namor just leaves the conversation we get to see like namor <laughs> be introduced though as yeah. an actual super powerful entity he yeah. is completely dominant in the sequence he kills the queen and now sure he's death of her brother wasn't enough had to kill her mother her mother too yeah it was a lot for one film i was like wow <laughs> this is like watching a never-ending story as a kid I'm like, oh my god everyone's keep dying oh my god it's a lot of trauma in this film <laughs> so to speak 
Um, I will say that, um, you know, shout out to Angela Bassett. I think that she delivered one hell of a performance. Um, she's commanding for sure as queen. That was great. Um, so I was kind of, kind of bummed that they had to kill her off halfway through. Um, but it almost didn't feel to me as sad. And I think it's because we already had Chadwick Boseman and that was the real life death. And you follow it up with a, you know, a fake Fictional death. death. So, so Fictional Angela death. Bassett's still alive. Yeah, she's still alive. <laughs> it wasn't as impactful to me. I didn't, I didn't feel it, you know? That, maybe that was just me, but I I kind of felt nothing during that scene, to be honest. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I felt mean, the I guess, meaning of it and what it entails. I just sure. didn't feel particular sorrow or anything. Yeah, it was just, it was weird. Um, I don't know if it was necessary, to be honest, but I guess they had to make him villainous somehow because you know they're really making him empathetic um as a character namor um throughout the film right they're kind of like well you can oh i can see why i would would sympathize with this guy but eh, he's kind of you know a little morally unsound here and there and then boom murders the the, you know uh the queen like oh okay i guess yeah he's bad (laughs) you know a little jarring a little much um for me so yeah Anyways, that, that was kind of my one takeaway because I really did like the character and the actor who played Nimor. Um, mm-hmm. I really did enjoy that. So I just thought that some of the character beats they gave him in this were weird. Um, there was this yeah, one and like... there was the one at the end of the movie that was just off. Yeah, but just even his buildup, his, like, there's these sequences in the film. There's a few where it just it's kind of a head scratcher that would this character do that and or would this play out that way and i feel like him telling shuri after he kind of kidnaps her that be my ally or i'm gonna kill somebody i mean that's not how you create allies it it was a weird like i understand his motives his core motives made sense but the way he went about it made no sense at all there's no way he's gonna get wakanda on his side by threatening them or else, you know, be on my side or else. Sure. <laughs> it's just a weird way to go about things. And he felt a lot like, like, I don't know if it was purposeful, but there was parallels to Killmonger, where he had a very mm-hmm. particular view of the world, and he went and operated with that view. And it, it's a different view, but he still operated in a very similar fashion. Sure. Yeah, I feel that way too. And I think that was... I mean, obviously, probably purposeful, you know, because that's who she meets. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, when she becomes the Black Panther, she meets him and um, kind of, I guess, sees. I guess they wanted us to have show us the audience that she is seeing herself in him, um, and not wanting to become that and go down that path and burn the world, as she said that she wanted to do in the beginning. Um, yeah, but it, I don't know. It didn't quite work for me that aspect which is a shame because i do as i said i like the introduction of the character glad he's in the mcu now finally after wanting a, wanting him to be in it for a long time um yeah so those are my kind of my big nitpicks i think um i know i, I kind of started off with nitpicking but uh, well i mean that's something we do but for me mm-hmm. the biggest nitpick is the final battle just because it was so anticlimactic usually in a film like it's really just the dichotomy that Shuri is becoming the Black Panther, where she's kind of the tech person. You know, mm-hmm. it, she's the one who's going to come up these inventions. She's going to be the sidekick type of role. They they established that as the first film, and they never intended her to take the mantle of Black Panther when they're creating Black Panther. She's really good in that side role, but then you have her be come up this brilliant plan. You know, we're going to get Namor away from water that will weaken him and we'll be able to defeat him. I'm going to adjust the DNA strands that we got from this and we're going to recreate the special plant so I can become Black Panther. And she had this beat for beat plan and it kind of played out exactly as she planned. And I feel like in a superhero film, it shouldn't be we shouldn't in the lab say this is how things are going to go and then watch them play out as we just said exactly. in the lab because it, yeah. it, it should be like the biggest difference i don't know i swear i've seen it in a, one of the mcu movies where it's what you do when things don't go to plan that's yes. what makes you a superhero and yeah and she, it, it also, she didn't get that herself just because no, of the way they frame the fight and i also feel like nimor didn't quite like he wasn't threatening enough in that situation too 
until the very end, obviously. But um, yeah, I feel you there. On that, on that that, that's just it. it's a nitpick because it's kind of like she's you know working with Riri about all the different just she came up with everything like you could say well she wanted to get further into the desert not be on the coastline and you know it's just it's still kind of the reason she defeated him is exactly what she planned to do like imagine if tony figured out the exact plan to defeat thanos and went about it and did it and you watched it and you're like cool it it just it wouldn't have the same impact (laughs) as failing and have to come up with alternatives on the fly yeah yeah good point um, yeah, I felt like that whole the whole third act just kind of was eh for me. That's just also, if you're fighting a water culture, don't take a big boat and fight them on the ocean. <laughs> no, don't do that. They're threatening you. Bring it. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit odd, too. I don't know. Yeah, the third act was weird. I, I wonder, yeah, they're just scrambling to kind of create something there. Um, the other thing I did know that was kind of surprising to me was that there wasn't a big reaction when uh, Shuri became the Black Panther and kind of jumped in, you know, to the scene. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, that scene fell flat in my showing. Not a single person did a thing. I was like, oh, I was expecting something from the audience. Because, and... you know, Marvel's really good at revealing people in <laughs> yeah. their suits. It's one of their favorite things to do. Yeah, Namor's introduction just... was pretty good too. Yeah, well, that was great. I mean, the whole thing just just seeing him silhouetted in the dark like that, hovering, was fantastic. It was creepy. I was like, yeah, that's how you introduce a guy. And then you get Shuri just falling down, and yeah, it just didn't have an impact, which is weird. Um, and I just wonder if some people weren't as on board with her being the new Black Panther, because I know a lot of people um, wanted uh, Nakia maybe to be the new Black Panther if they could have had the choice or be cast T'Challa was trending on Twitter and everything but feel, Shuri, apparently. I feel like just as an actor, I think Leticia Wright's a good actor, but I don't know if she has the commanding screen presence of a main character. Like, it's not any insult to her. There's plenty of actors who sure. don't have that taking over the entire just stage presence type of thing. And I just don't think she captures when she's on screen i don't feel like she draws everyone's attention like chadwick boseman would do and i mean that's a tough comparison but mainly the people that marvel is cast as their main characters do a really good job of commanding screen presence i don't feel like she she feels like she is a side character an excellent side character and i think that's why maybe people aren't like yay yeah it could be that i mean she wasn't cast to be the main character right i know that's what's interesting character um, so I think, I mean, no, no, not to discredit her either. I think she did great. I mean, she had quite the range in the film, mm-hmm. you know. She, she did an she awesome job. I just... Wisecracking like, and sad yeah. and everything. Angry. She did all those well. But I, I agree. She didn't have the presence, that commanding lead presence. Like, there's amazing character actors who offer some of the best performances in the history of cinema and TV. But they're not yeah. leads. Sure. Exactly. So maybe a week that I just, it was something that I had noticed because the, my audience was really into the film. Like they were rooting for just about everything, but that moment in particular fell flat and I took note of it, took a mental note. And wow. Um, that was kind of surprising. I mean, also to that point of Nakia though, Lupita Nyong'o does command the screen. When yeah, she's the whole time. Film, like the second she, she turns she, around she on screen, the out. entire audience was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a reaction. And all she did was turn around. I mean, that's... Mm. There's a difference there. Yeah. yeah no offense to uh, Tisha, but yeah, she has a commanding presence on screen. And, the and then also, in this film too. as a surprise type of thing, I, as the final battle was going on, I thought they were going to kill each other the way it was developing. And I was like, oh, are yeah. they actually going to kill her, Shuri, right now? Like, she literally gets impaled on a rock. And I'm like, wow, yes. they did it. They they introduced no, her just so to too. kill her. I thought so, too. I 100% was convinced that this was just, like, a ruse. Like, she's your temporary Black Panther until we find the new one. And here you go. Some people wanted Shuri, so we'll give her for the film, kill her off, and figure out who the next one is. But no, they, she survived that. I don't know how she survived that either. She got stabbed in the middle and then lifted up. And uh I liked how her suit closes. So her suit's great condition, but the suit doesn't have healing powers. She's literally her entire midsection got stabbed through. Like, at least when Tony gets stabbed by Thanos, he gets that little spray that he sprays on himself to seal the wounds. She didn't do anything like that. 
I mean, they do have the, the, the beads. Maybe she, you know, has the bead technology embedded in the suit. I don't know. Deus Ex Machina stuff there. Yeah. Um, so, whatever. I mean, it's the Anyways. same thing that when Namor got burnt by the jet engines, I thought he was just going to die on the beach. I didn't think well, he, he was, was going to live through right? that. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I feel yeah, like they could have stood for something and they bailed out at the last minute. Mm. It could have been like, it would have been very divisive. It would have got a lot of people talking. Oh, I can't believe this did that. But instead they played it safe. And I don't know if playing it safe gets a lot of people talking about it. True. Yeah, it's true. Like, what you know, what could have meant to Namor if he had actually killed her? And in that moment, she had sent something to, like, change his mind and realize that he made a mistake or was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Something. <laughs> yeah, that could have said something in that moment. I agree. I don't yeah. know what that is, but yeah. I, think I don't either. I'm not, I don't, I'm not paid to do these things. I just know that playing it safe, it just wasn't particularly memorable. Like, you know, we're, we just saw this movie. It just came out. But in a few years, I'm not going to remember the big fight scene between Shuri's no, Black yeah. Panther and Namor. It doesn't really stand out. Correct. Well, let's move on to some other stuff that we actually did like <laughs> about this film then. Um, I, I loved... Um, what I don't know. It's called the actual place the name was from. It's called Tikal and uh, I don't know what. It's I called. can't pronounce it. Yes, but I know you're talking about the undersea village. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Atlantis essentially equivalent. Yes. It uh, it was amazingly designed. I thought the underwater like it's really interesting what James Cameron's doing with Avatar two, where he's like. I'm doing this underwater because I know CGI sucks underwater, and he's doing an amazing job. Just the trailers from Avatar. The movie's going to be the stupidest storyline, just like the first Avatar, but it's going to look amazing. It's going to look great. (laughs) And this movie, I thought, did good with the whole underwater village and creation and everything. It's not on the Avatar level of stuff, but I thought they did a really good job, a a lot of attention to detail of designing this entire city underwater. Yeah, I agree. I I like, because I read up beforehand that they did film this underwater. So all those scenes um, um, were mostly underwater. The actors were trained to hold their breath for long periods of time. And you can tell by the way they were moving, it didn't feel fake. It felt like they were actually underwater. Um, and I, it was really nice, The uh, I think, the um, costume and uh, all the people that designed the sets did a really good job of like really showing us, the viewer of the audience, like how do these people actually exist above and below water? Like what kind of masks are they wearing? How do those masks work? And showing us that, um, showing us, yeah, like how are they tethered to the bot, you know, to the ocean, and um, how do they live in a society that is all floating? You know, like how do they maneuver around this place? Um, and I think they did that really well. And that's that's all comes down to design. So it was really well designed. Um, I just have never been a big fan of underwater scenes in film. They don't work for me. They work better in video games. I've always noticed. Um, it's the way it is. So, but this one was definitely one of the better ones I've seen underwater. Definitely better than yeah. Aquaman, unfortunately. Just the world building of it, too, to act like there's a whole entity that people didn't know existed and it's it's mm-hmm. a big, thriving civilization. I thought that was yep. really good. I liked that I felt we got more kind of Wakanda outside of the big palace and, like, we got to see... Yeah, we got to see a lot more Wakanda. of it. Yeah. yeah, it was neat. You got to see, like, little subway cars and stuff and buses and trains going through the city and city folk kind of walking around shopping yeah it was nice i really like that yeah really really nice yeah just the, just the costumes man I, I can't tell you like the costumes during all the funeral processions and stuff and oh man the funeral processions council members the first one fantastic yeah yeah fantastic work there um so that's why i think when i, when I went into this i went you know i don't know the plot's gonna have to be weird because this is a weird thing to have to deal with for marvel so i was like you know what just show me something nice have and a great music the, the score was fantastic all the new music they made um for Namor and his people were fantastic i really enjoyed it as a whole different kind of sound to mm-hmm. the now iconic wakanda sounds that we're used to um so shout out to to those composers as well i think they really did a good job of kind of uh i i think researching aztec culture and using the the instruments they may have used back then and incorporating that into the soundtrack so really helped uh, bring that city to life. Yeah. So, Ryan Coogler yeah. just does an excellent job of taking that extra level and really cultural 
significant yeah, I would almost, impact. Yeah, like world, he does a good job of world building, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's done more with just one film, with the first Black Panther film, than like most of these other <laughs> directors have done with multiple films. So that shout out to him for, for doing that. It's a tough, a tough job to do, and he did it really, really well. So, yeah, I really enjoy that that aspect yeah. of this film for sure. I would say other highlights: Akoye and Shuri have a really good dynamic, and yeah, they Akoye, really did. She yeah. went through a lot this one because she's kind of an obvious person to take on more responsibility because mm-hmm. we saw her at the end or in Infinity War, and we get to hear about the shockwave under the ocean. And, you know, yeah. people are thinking, oh, that's going to be in the direction of Namor. And she was has a bigger role in the Avengers. And for her to actually get demoted in Wakanda, it, it was a different yeah. arc for her character. It really was. It was kind of crushing, too, um, to have her, yeah, but kind of be ousted by the queen. And then, of course, the queen then dies right after. And she still saves the city regardless of, you know, being demoted and... Yeah, it was really kind of cool to see her. I mean, Denai Guerrero is one of my favorite actresses. She's fantastic. So, and one of my favorite characters, you know, in these films. So it was really great to see her, her role elevated in this. Yep. So, um, and yeah, shout out to, to everybody else from the Dharmalaja. I think they were really great this time. They all had their own distinct personalities and weapons and stuff. And uh, it was really cool to see, to see that. So a lot of fun with them. Yeah. I feel like the other big part of this story, though, is they did an inter like a prequel to Ironheart, and I don't know mm-hmm. if she has enough name recognition to take such a significant part of the film. Okay. Like, her future is really bright just as a potential character with the way she fits in the greater MCU, but I don't know if this movie, with all they had to balance and deal with, was yeah. the right time to introduce her. Yeah, it's weird. Like I, I really enjoyed her as a character in this film, and it, you can tell the audience like ate her, ate her up. Mm-hmm. Like they loved her. Like people were like, oh my god, we love her. I love her. I was hearing that throughout the the movie, but I do feel the same way as you. And I felt like this might have not have been the best film for her to, to be kind of lost in the mix in, because she was also. It also felt like her suit was kind of almost childish in a way like it almost had that feel of like you know a kid wearing like a cars outfit for halloween <laughs> in a way i don't know why just it felt like it like a cheaper version of the iron man suit i'm like this would have been more fun in like a disney plus series you know to have her introduced with one of those you know characters um as someone that was trying to help out one of them um which is unfortunate because yeah I, I do like the character i really like the actress who plays her um, but she got lost in the sauce here. You know, she was kind of like this this outlier that shows up and gets bounced around. And I don't also, know. Also, she's such a standout in the entire story. Is kind of she's the catalyst where she creates right. at least the plans for the machine that can find <laughs> yeah. vibranium. And then Namor's like, "Well, I'm going to kill her," and she's like, "No, I'm going to protect her. You can come to Wakanda." And then now she's free to go back to the U.S. at the end, isn't? Yep everybody going to want her plans isn't she still a threat even if namor's not going to kill her isn't everyone else going to kill her or at least want to use her plans and brilliance they just kind of like oh yeah you're good here's your car back and like that whole thing that where you were threatened to die that that's out the window it's gone now we're good yeah he's not gonna bother you don't worry about that or the government or anybody you're fine yeah everybody doesn't care now (laughs) because we all know what happened on that beach (laughs) yeah i don't know (laughs) Not too sure how they're going to tie up that one. That was kind of weird yeah. to me, too. So, yeah. But so far, I did like her, though. So, so yeah. shout out to, to her and, and the actress and that. But, yeah, hopefully um, in her, I think she's getting a movie, not a series, I believe. Really? Yeah, I think she's getting a movie. I could be wrong. Maybe it's a series. I don't, I don't know what it is. But she's getting her own show or something mm-hmm. um, uh, next year or the year after. So hopefully we get to see more of her on her own doing her stuff building cool machines and driving that cool car um so yeah let me see what else do i remember that i liked so there's the big uh m word that showed up again um in this film uh where Nemore talks about him being a mutant um so now our our second mutant in the mcu finally the third well i mean i don't know who we're gonna count as a third if you want to count what a charles xavier 
in an yeah. alternate dimension. He's in an alternate really... dimension, but he was he's in the yeah. MCU. Yeah. yeah. Like they played like the classic X Men like, song <laughs> with him, I know, and they played it with Miss Marvel. So Namor should have had it played in the background. <laughs> just yeah, they should have. Right? They'd be like, why? Wait, what? <laughs> why are they playing the X Men theme song right now? Um, so it's really interesting to see how they're going to actually explain all this in the in the end. You know, because right now it's just I found a mutation. I'm a mutant. Like, what? Who told you this? It, it's like, a different idea of being a mutant, too, because, like, mutants are based on having the X gene that usually right. activates in puberty. Some activate at birth, but it's usually at puberty. But it's also the mutants we know have all had a supernatural element to it because his mutation, he explains away as his mom had this vibranium-infused plant. It's not that his genes were specifically different they're saying while he's in the womb he got some boost and miss marvel got the same type of idea where she has these special bracelets and boost type so the mcu is dealing with mutants completely different than the comics and i don't know when they're going to explain this is how we do it or those were explanations for those times and now we have the official explanation yeah, the only other thing that I've heard recently, and I don't know how this is going to connect, but that maybe that in a past multiversal war, there's some remnants that were spilled over into our timeline that we know it, the new, th- uh, you know, new three one six time, uh, six one six uh, MCU time, uh, and maybe one of those is that X gene, and they don't know, they don't know to call it the X gene, so it's magic. It's maybe the flower. It's now in vibranium. Now it's in uh the bangles or whatever so maybe it was remnants from the x-men from this other multiversal war they all died off and that dimension spilled over into ours i've heard that as a possible theory that could work i i don't know uh how they're doing it but it's kind of weird how they're just randomly introducing it it was kind of like a throwaway line <laughs> it was like i have point years i'm a mutant throwaway lines yeah okay that's it. <laughs> we're not gonna mention it ever again <laughs> let's move on oh okay that's fine, I guess. Whatever. Because there's also the storyline. So there's her, or there's him as a mutant, but there's also the whole Val storyline of Julia Louis-Dreyfus's character where she's been the one kind of consistent through Phase 4 idea and it's building up towards Thunderbolts. And yeah. she, I just don't understand the value of doing this. Like, I see where they're going. I, I full on, I, I got it. Right. But... I just don't know, does that, does She-Hulk's throwaway line of the Sokovia Accords being gone help? Does anyone care about the U.S. within the MCU? Does it really mean anything when aliens come? Like the yeah. whole, aliens like we have the gods, whole Falcon and, and Winter Soldier idea of flag stompers and all their weird things of how people were gone for five years and so country boundaries have changed. Do those, like half of the cia or fbi might have been gone does val even have any it's a whole different thing also there's wakanda has a different it's a a whole thing where wakanda is more powerful than the u.s just straight up so it's a different ideal in comparison and so i don't know what val's character's long-term value truly is because they announced or i don't know if it's official but there's like a whole thunderbolt roster and i i really could not care less but that's me personally. I, I, Maybe other people yeah, are all in on Thunderbolts. There, I mean, there's definitely people I've seen online that are, are very excited for this. I'm not very excited. I'm, like, interested. I'm like, that's intriguing, you know, because I like some of the characters that are going to be on this roster. Um, so that's about it, though. Like, I'm not really, like, excited for it, I wouldn't, wouldn't say. Yeah, it's more the characters on the roster. You have Yelena, which she's a good character by herself, but... I don't need her in Thunderbolts. She could actually have more of a role in yeah, the Avengers. Yeah, be, be her. Be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could, sure. and then they have her father, Red Guardian, because I don't. I really like Black Widow. Had nothing, honestly. I, I really couldn't get you much for Black Widow. But Black Widow also introduced a terrible Taskmaster, who's also part of Thunderbolts. And then it's there's Ant Man too. Where the most forgettable villain in the MCU is now part of Thunderbolts because Ghost, like no one remembers that Ghost even exists. Yeah, yeah. I I I just don't know about these Thunderbolts. Like I know people love Bucky and the Winter Soldier, but 
his storyline might have been more intriguing to stay connected to Wakanda than the Thunderbolts. Yeah, it might have been actually. Oh well, yeah. But I don't know. That, I, that's I, what I, Val's I, big thing is, and I think her <laughs> oddest point in this entire film is that she said she hacked the beats to hear Martin Freeman's conversation. So mm-hmm. Shuri, who is super technologically advanced is impressed when Riri talks about using like 2056 bit encryption. Her beads are hacked by the CIA. Yeah. I, I don't think her beads are hackable by the CIA or if they are, it's probably going to take years. It's not going to be in the like few days that this film takes place. Yeah. I want to say to that point to boil it down even more. I, I think the whole scenes with her felt so out of place in this film. They're jarring. It's jarring. Like, I, I felt like I was watching a different movie. It's like someone turned off the TV and it went to commercial break. And I'm watching, or, or like, you know, somebody changed the channel. And now I'm watching, like, Days of Our Lives. I'm like, what, what is this weird show I'm watching right now? In this fake house and fake area. Like, what is happening? And I, Yeah, I don't know. Um, and I, I like Julia Louise Dreyfus. I think she's great, but I don't mm-hmm. really care for her as Val at all. Like, I don't get her character. It feels out of place in the MCU. The blue streak in her hair is weird. I don't get it. <laughs> Just don't get her character. I don't get it. Cause like and Martin then she's Freeman, Martin like, Freeman's ex-wife for no yeah, reason. Yeah, I'm like, ah, whatever. I was like, all right, I'm done with this storyline. Well, I don't know. I really hope she's working for somebody else. Because I don't want her to be the big bad. And Me it feels too. like they're sending her up to be the next big bad before Kang, you know, kills everybody in the phase six or whatever phase that's going to be. Uh, it's gonna happen so hopefully she's working for dr doom or somebody else i hope because i'm not really a big fan of um um uh, what's her name uh carter who became the the power broker oh emily uh, vandekamp yeah agent 13 yeah. yeah like that was a weird turn like i really liked her as an agent just being an agent you know i didn't need her to be an evil agent like really yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming they're probably both working maybe for the same person possibly and they don't know it. I don't know. Either way, I could have done without it in the film because the film, I think, really, as, I, as we said earlier, could have been boiled There's down so much going on. Been we, really good. This isn't the film to introduce Val as more than just an end credits person. Right. And I don't think that was Ryan Coogler's fault. I think Kevin Feige no. and them and all came in and were like, hey, you know what? This is the last film in phase four so we gotta do this and this and this he's like oh my god like i'm already trying to do all this i'm, other I'm stuff telling people. this other story just about what yeah, i had this great performance from angela bass like no no forget about that let's let's add this in let's have this scene with val telling us about her marriage and... <laughs> good i don't need that so um yeah i think i think the the, the negatives detracted from some of the positives unfortunately but i think the positives are why i enjoyed this film so much mm-hmm. um which is why when the film did end i really was like yeah i kind of enjoyed my two and a half hours watching this watching this film uh despite his flaws um and a lot of that was the directing and some of the acting and the performances throughout this um so yeah it will be interesting to see where the tensions lie between the two nations that we have now that have vibranium versus the world I don't know how exciting that'll be for me as an MCU viewer, but um. the battle over vibranium seems like a really real world crisis type of thing of like Mm -hmm. limited resources and pillaging countries that sure has just been happening throughout human history. (laughs) And it's like a whole, that's why we have those UN sequences. That's why we have something that ties more into the real world versus totally fictional stuff. And to your point, it, kind of feels like the senate negotiations in star wars the trade yeah. federation no one honestly cares like no. kang the conqueror showing up in ant-man is exciting sure that's much different than talking about the un yeah, talking about countries fighting over vibranium doesn't have that same excitement right no it doesn't unfortunately a fun scene, you know, for sure. You know, it was yeah. a fun little scene with, with Angela Bassett commanding the UN, and then you had a little sneak attack, you know, in the. The sneak attack that the... they outsneaked was really yeah, it was great. Fun. Yeah, it's fun. But that's it. Like, the rest of it was boring. I don't really care about yeah, what other countries think about vibranium and whatever. Anyway. 
And then vibranium, it's also on that level where it's... It's like Beskar, where it just the only thing that defeats vibranium is vibranium, and it's vibranium versus vibranium, and it's like... Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, and then we know that Thanos' helicopter blade can yeah. smash vibranium, whatever it's made out of. I'm not sure, but I know Cap Shield took a beating from it, whatever it <laughs> it's made out of. It got smashed. <laughs> yeah, I took a big beating, whatever that is. Maybe from his home world on Titan, possibly. Maybe yeah. some kind of mineral on that planet. Maybe we should go find that planet and, you know, mine for it. I don't know. So, yeah. Um, trying to think of other big plot points that would have happened in this that were kind of interesting. Um, I mean, I thought it was interesting that they chose an undisclosed mystery illness to kill hmm? T'Challa. I, I, like, he could have died in any way they possibly could have ridden. I like right. having it more grounded in what actually happened, that it's... No matter how smart your scientists are, there's some things that man can't sure. control. Or your superheroes. Yes, even yeah. superheroes can't stop this. Um, it, it, what it reminded me of was um, there's a really famous episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, this is a spoiler alert for those of you who have not watched Buffy, <laughs> if you haven't planned to, to watch the show. Uh, I won't go too spoiler with it, but there's a main character that dies. Um, and this main character dies of natural causes. And of course, you know, a lot of the people on the show are, you know, magic based and they can usually heal people. Well, you can't in this instance because it was a natural death. It wasn't a a death caused by magic or demons or whatever. So it was a big moment for the main character, Buffy, you know, she's like one time she really can't help this person. Um, That's why I kind of felt like in the beginning opening shots, because that whole episode was shot without a soundtrack. It was all silent. It was just the, the characters acting and talking and stuff. And it kind of felt like that way in the beginning. It was a cold open. And it was a brutal cold open, right? You know, after, you know, seeing Chadwick Boseman's face over the Marvel logo, and then you go into the full panic mode of trying to save his life. It's like, oh, my God. And realizing that it was a real disease, and it, it felt very um, respectful, I think, too, of what Chadwick mm-hmm. Boseman went through in real life without having to name it. You know, they didn't have to say the word cancer. It's an illness, something we don't know what it is and how to, how to cure it in time, unfortunately. So, also, yeah, the well line done. about he suffered in silence and yeah martin that. freeman saying that he's surprised people didn't know and just mm-hmm. chadwick boseman went through a lot and yeah he yeah. didn't broadcast it widely yeah and once again it, it, his presence it was it was felt a lack of presence i should say um what was felt in this film for sure um that goes now to the end of the film which is where shuri finally um you know burns the burial clothes in the fire on the beach and just kind of lets go and that's another that's another moment that just hits um getting emotional just thinking about like wow that was powerful to to witness in the theater um just listening to the wind and seeing you know his pictures on the screen like that was just a great just a great person a great actor and a great character so Yeah. yeah really well done i enjoyed it i enjoyed the ending of that film a lot um, just wish the last battle was a little more climactic to have made that scene even better. But yeah, I, I felt like that was the right way to, to end the film. Mm-hmm. And then we also get Mbaku kind of nominating himself to be king of Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. Black Panther. <laughs> yep. That's really interesting. Like, does, does the Black Panther have to be king? Does the king have to be Black Panther? You know, that, that yeah. question, right? Can they be two separate entities? Um, I would absolutely love <laughs> for him to be king because I think that's fantastic. Such a great character, you know, sitting yeah. there well, eating his radish or whatever the heck he was munching on because he is a vegetarian. So that was a fun little uh, Easter egg to the first film. Um, I enjoyed that. It's right. I enjoy his character. Um, kind of wish he had a little bit more to do in this film, just because I like. I feel him like that he much. was more sidelined. Yeah, he was more sidelined and almost kind of like jokey. I'm like, yeah, all right, that was fun. I, I like him in, in that role too, but like, yeah, to give him more stuff to do. So hopefully, he does in whatever next film or franchise they go that he does get to become maybe a king. But who knows? Because there is a mid credit scene which might change things. Yeah. So the mid credit <laughs> scene. It's uh-huh. worth noting there's no end credit scene. Mm-hmm. Just in case oh, you yeah, are so to stick around the I whole time. I don't remember who it was on Twitter, but someone mentioned on Twitter. They said there's a mid credit scene, but no after credit scene. So I knew to leave after the mid credit scene. I'm like, thank you. 
Thank you yes. so much for telling me. <laughs> so I just left. I just dipped. Everyone else is seated. Yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah, so there's a mid credit scene, and, it, and it's uh, it's a big one. Uh, one I was yeah, not we, seeing. I didn't see coming, <laughs> to be honest. No. Yeah, so after Shuri does burn the the funeral clothes, she's on the beach, and she's in Haiti, and so Lupita Nyong'o comes up, and she wants to introduce her to somebody, her nephew. <laughs> As soon as I saw the kid, I'm like, oh, yeah. no. Oh, no, this is happening. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, secret kid. Here we go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was crazy. <laughs> well done yeah. on the casting, too. The kid looks and acts just like a young, you know, a young Chadwick Boseman. It was really great. Cute kid. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It kind of hit in the feels. And you can tell. Like, it was really nice to have, you know, the movie ends with her, you know, being sad. But then you get that moment where she almost sees hope you know because it's the future and it's like the future mm-hmm. of her family and she's smiling and laughing with him and it was uh yeah it was a really nice beat and it's yeah, it'd be interesting to see where his character grow- goes um with the films as well you know does he have a claim to the throne um does he have a claim to the suit um uh, etc etc right a claim to the throat and the suit and does he want it does, and does he want, it, want right? that for him right because she purposely said you know, she raised him out here, you know, on purpose, away from all that, you know. So, what? Who? Who will he be when he grows up? Will he not have then that sense of uh, I don't know what the, what the right word is, um, duty uh, to take over the throne yeah. or arrogance for what it, have you? It, like so. as I'm watching, I'm just thinking of all the different shows that are about kingship and like house mm-hmm, of the dragon really? or succession <laughs> yep. or yellowstone or whatever it's like it's the hot thing and yeah. this fits in that exactly but it, it does it can be a completely different perspective they they can choose how they want to develop it yes yeah they could they could choose that he might not want to be any one of those things yeah so i, I really will it's going to be nice to to see how he fits in into the mold going forward and how the whole young avengers come about because the young avengers are that they're the replacements right of the old monarchy so our old monarchy the avengers are no longer going to really be around except for a few that are still alive and dealing with stuff they're going to be the new the heads are they going to be you know do they want to be avengers Do they want to fight do they want to take up the mantle some have already some haven't so we'll see what he does i'm intrigued by that concept myself they're a whole new world accelerating young avengers surprisingly well yes. that's the one thing that they're really building but it's not in your face i yeah, feel like a casual true. viewer isn't like oh young avengers oh so and so right is that <laughs> and they're like oh that's cute all right so and so that's a background character in this scene or whatever yeah so they are their ages are all, all over the place though so it'll be interesting to see how they're going to reconcile that in any way if they do or not i don't know and Maybe they that kind of so that's wakanda forever Mm-hmm. Definitely worth your time. It's a fitting close to Black Panther yes. by T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman. And I just feel like they had to juggle too much over the course of the film. Yep, it was a lot. It was a lot to handle. And uh, it, it, I, I think if anything, I know I said I didn't come in with the film, come into the film with expectations. But I think my only expectation was that Ryan Coogler simply had too much on his plate to deal with what is almost an impossible task. Um, And I think he did a great job with this impossible task. Like it could have been so much worse with any other director. So in that respect, uh, yeah, hats off to him. I know that he is thinking about possibly taking some time off, (laughs) which makes sense. Um, He he made two great films in the MCU. So um, I think we're all in debt to him for building, uh, for world world building, I think. both Wakanda and that, that new undersea um, kingdom. So, shout out to him and the whole team behind this project. Really, really yeah. well done. And so now this does wrap up phase four. We do have Guardians Holiday Special to round out the year, but that's not mm-hmm. really intertwined into any kind of phases. So that we know of. Who knows? But they said the same thing about WandaVision and everything else, right? Yeah. The next big thing is going to be Ant-Man for mm-hmm. Ant-Man 3 and the Quantumania. That's coming out next February. So yeah. we just have November to February, and Kang is in the trailer for that. Phase 5 looks like it's going to start off with a bang. But until then, Phase for 4 leaves us with <laughs> just, I don't know, it leaves us with a lot of 
hodgepodge of stuff. I feel like there's no really big thing of phase four. And I think part of that is every phase is kind of up to this point has been ended by an Avengers film. There's a yes. tentpole Avengers film. And there isn't one in phase four, but more than that, we don't even know where the Avengers stand right now because the two biggest leaders, Tony and Cap, are gone. The next subset of leaders, Thor is off on various adventures of doing stuff, and Hulk is also doing his own various adventures. What is he doing? (laughs) And so I don't know who the leader of the Avengers would be. Like, I feel like Black Panther, if Chadwick Boseman doesn't pass away, is a very obvious choice. (laughs) And I don't know what the alternative is right now. Like, I just don't know what the future of the Avengers are. Like, the young Avengers have a whole bright future, but what about just the Avengers? Yes, we don't know. (laughs) Um, I will say this. I do think that Phase 4 was going to be messy no matter what they did, right? Because they they really firmly ended the story. It wasn't like they were like, here's some loose ends. It was like, no, (laughs) boom, this is done. And I think Phase 4 was grief. It was all these different characters that we have dealing with their grief in some way or another. Um, maybe not every single story, but I would say the majority of the stories were them handling grief in some way. Um, whether that was compelling for you or not, I think some did better than others telling that story, that aspect of it. Um, but I think that's kind of what it was. So I I don't think there would have been a great way to have ended that um, with an Avengers-style movie, I guess. I don't no, know. no, I, I definitely agree that it's more now what? Now what? I know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we, know, we, we don't know. So hopefully Quantumania sets up something, some kind of event with Kang that's, you know, everyone Even if you notice. leave Kang as a big adversary, though, I don't know who's going to fight him. Yeah, who's left? I, I don't that's know. That's what I'm more worried about. Like, I understand Kang is a big, gigantic threat that I don't think people realize just how compelling it is to have a character that wins in every single possible multiverse. That's mm-hmm. how awesome he is. It doesn't matter what universe it is. He comes out on top. That That is utter dominance. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, they're throwing a lot at us as well. So trying to make it all make sense. I don't know. It will be interesting to see how they do this next phase. I think this next phase might actually be slightly messier than this phase. I think this phase at least had grief to hold on to as a like a through line and i don't think they have one for this next phase i think that this next phase is probably just going to be continuing to introduce new characters and bringing them together for some reason we just don't know what that reason is yet maybe it is kang that's it that's all we're going to see for the next phase and then phase six will be all the the big battles with kang etc and all the other it's also interesting because it's like we're we're ending stories too like guardians 3 is to end a story that's true. Yep. It, it, we're ending stories that we have and creating new stories. Because mm-hmm. we still have the Fantastic Four coming at some point. Yep. We're still doing a whole supernatural thing with Blade and whatever Jon Snow's character is going to end up as. And there's mm-hmm. some possible Moon Knight connection and all those different elements to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows? Well, so a that, lot. That's a whole world building. And then mutants are slowly the slowest crawl introduction of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if they do need to piece all together. And they might not. Maybe that's the new, I think we had mentioned this prior, yeah. but maybe they don't have to anymore. Maybe that's what King can do. Are that. Yeah. He can separate them out into their own pocket universes. We have to face right? this King here. We have to face this sure. King over here. Yeah. We talked just about that. And I like that. Jonathan majors to be amazing across multiple different things. I mean, we watched him in that trailer for Creed three right beforehand. I'm like, Oh my God, that guy is more ripped than anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. He's going to kill everybody. Yeah. No and he's charismatic <laughs> as hell. Oh boy. Yeah. He's going to be a great one. So. Looking forward to that, at least. We have Kang. So we have a good villain, I think, coming up. So that's a plus. Yeah. But we'll see. Quantumania coming up in February. Marvel never slows down. That's the one takeaway. Yeah. All right. It's well, crazy that's how you that's can, all I got. Yeah, you can change out actors for them not wanting to do it anymore, for them mm-hmm. having untimely, tragic passings, and Marvel's just going to keep coming up with something. Yeah, they're a steamroller. 
Don't get in the way. Better for worse. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So be sure to reach out to us at Secondary Heroes. What did you think of Black Panther Wakanda Forever? What did you think of Phase 4? What do you think is coming in Phase 5? And there's a lot Marvel to talk about. <laughs> so reach out to us. Talk to us about it. Because we love to talk Marvel, as you can probably tell by listening to any of our episodes. And then to everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed. And we'll talk to you next time. Frog out.